Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on this podcast. Uh, what we're trying to do is look at initiatives, uh, enterprise and incentives that can allow our beloved channel to understand where we go from here, where revenue opportunities exist, where new uh, profit opportunities exist, but also where customer service initiatives exist. And I was intrigued to be able to do this podcast as a student of the industry while I am taking a so-called year off, which was something that I wanted to do, but more uh, what the whole world has forced me to do, and that is sit at home and think about uh, our industry, not as an entrepreneur, but more as a student of industry. And what fascinated me was when I uh, came across uh, your book, Remy, and also when uh, I looked at the, uh, the, the innovation that's happening in iAsset, Scott, and started to look at the marriage between the two, and it would be amazing, I think, if we could actually have a conversation about the, uh, the, the, the theoretical concept and the thesis that Remy is presenting versus the practicalities of what, uh, Scott, you're doing with iAsset.com. So enough of me. Remy, if I could allow, ask you to introduce yourself very quickly, in particular, why you wrote the book. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Um, so I am uh, the sales director at HPE, Worldwide Sales Director in charge of install-based selling. So why writing a book on install-based selling? Uh, I guess there is always a, an ego dimension in writing a book, so you, you want to leave a mark. But more importantly, when we started working on install-based selling, I say we because I, I co-wrote co this book with uh, Paul-André Lambert, Yes. We, we, we soon realized the huge untapped potential of install based selling. So, uh, of course, we first uh, worked on fixing that for HPE. So, we developed an end to end install based selling uh, engine for HPE. And then we, we decided to, to go and, and share those learnings and, and, uh, with the rest of the community. And, uh, but, but before writing the book, we decided to conduct a number of interviews to really understand the state of the art. Uh, uh, in the industry. So, so we, we met with many uh, sales leaders, CEO, marketing managers, and, and go-to-market leaders as well. And, and the observation was the same across, across the board. O only the most successful companies are taking advantage of their install base and, and, and re-drive a customer success journey. So that's why we, we decided to write this book. And, and I think I'm pretty pleased with the outcome. So, uh, firstly, I want to congratulate you on the book. I thought uh, it's, it's, it's timely, uh, well-written, and it incorporates essential strategy. So, uh, from, uh, you're, you're a senior leader in a very significant uh, vendor, uh, yet you, you were able to freely discuss install-based selling concepts and, indeed, you know, many, other, many other concepts. On the other hand, you've got Scott, who uh, is an entrepreneur, and Scott, you've developed a platform and you've built a company around that platform that essentializes that same theory. You guys don't know each other, but it essentializes that same theory. And, sure. and, and you've been able to successfully build a business around some significant vendors some significant distributors and significant channel partners, the whole concept. Uh, Remy, Remy was compelled to write this thesis. You were compelled to write a platform and then execute to market. 
what I want to do is ask you both what you feel uh, uh, the limitations in the channel adopting an install-based selling strategy. And Scott, if I could start with you. Sure. Well, Nick, I think the biggest problem with uh, most of the prospects that we see that haven't engaged is that um, to borrow a, a phrase from uh, one of the analysts, most of the companies are, at, let's say, out of 10, they're at a stage three in their journey to get this uh, install base or this life cycle piece sorted. And we're coming in with what is effectively a 10, and sometimes it takes them a, a big jump to go from three to 10. Um, so I think that's, that's one of the big challenges. The other big challenge is that by nature, Wall Street only really cares about net new sales. So companies are geared to report on that. Sales leaders are geared to report on that. And it's only the introduction of cloud and consumption that really some of the companies have started to drift towards that recurring revenue, whether it's annual as in a renewal or cloud, which is monthly. Um, as we see more companies drift across, this recurring revenue number will be bigger the life cycle will become more important. And I'm not saying net new sales and net new accounts aren't critical for companies, but they'll realize that there's a lot more opportunity sitting in the data they have around their customer base and their channel partners than perhaps they do in attacking uh, net new uh, business. And Remy, that, that's, that's intriguing to me because that starts to talk to your thesis around the installed base profit wedge. Can you talk more about that in relation to what Scott was talking about? Yes, let, let me say a few words also about the, the challenge to, to develop a, an install-based selling with, with the, the channel partners. Exactly as Scott said, um, and we, we, we could uh, witness that by uh, interviewing many uh, CEOs and, and sales leaders in, in various industries. Um, what, what we see as the number one challenge is the data quality because uh, data is coming from historical uh, warehouse and 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 was structured by geo by by verticals or, or, or by product line so it's very difficult to really assemble these data so for, that's the first and the number one challenge we, we face the second challenge is the, the privacy and and we have to be uh, to acknowledge the fact that very often one customer might be served by several partners. So it's very important to respect this mm -hmm. uh, data privacy. It's, it's intellectual property of, of, the, of the channel partner. So it, it's a real challenge to construct this, this right communication of, of data flow uh, from the vendor through the channel for the customer. And, and last but not least is the trust dimension. Uh, we have to build trust uh, for the sellers to really take advantage of this data. And, and that ties back to what Scott was saying. Um, Install-based selling is a, is a journey. It's not a, a single destination. And, and you have to build the trust. And more you build the trust, more you, you see this dynamic uh, popping up, developing. And that ties back to your concept, your question about the concept of um, install-based profit wage. Uh, by, because by focusing on install-based selling, what you see is that you, you protect and develop your existing customers. And by doing so, you generate more profitable revenue. And, and, and that leads to an acceleration of your profits. That's what we call the install-based profit wage. And unlike classic uh, profit wage that you achieve by cutting costs, slashing resource, 
And this install-based profit wedge is something that you can repeat again and again and, and develop a, a long-term profitable growth for your business. And, and by doing so, you, you, you actually achieve two objectives. Number one, you develop these long-term profitable growth, but also to Scott's earlier point, you free up capacity to then hunt net new logo because we, we know we have to acquire net new logo, but you need only to do that once you have done a good job in protecting and expanding on your install base. I couldn't agree more. And Scott, if I could throw it back to you for a second, uh, the, the concept is, is exciting because it not only talks to growth, which is vital, but profitable yes. growth which you, know, you and I both come from uh, a world of distribution where we get to see, uh, for, for many reasons, we get to see the profitability of a channel. And regardless of, of, of the last 10 years, and I would say 15 years, uh, and this is my opinion, the last 10 years, we have seen an in incredible bubble of opportunity in the channel. However, the profitability hasn't been there. And the, yes. thesis, is, the thesis is that the... Uh, the profitability hasn't been there for one, from my research, for one, there are way too many players. Number two, uh, because there are way too many players, someone in the, in, in the, in the uh, end user market, they bought a, uh, they, they, they want, they needed a, say a $20 or $20 million system to, to accelerate their digital transformation. They negotiated down to $10 million and they think they got a $20 million install, but they really only got a $10 million install and there was a $10 million gap. And being able to continue to uh, de deliver a customer success strategy that allows you to actually manage that gap, right, through opportunity, through providing uh, critical proposals to that, that customer that gets them to where they actually wanted to go rather than the deal, the bad deal that they made is critical. However, in order to be able for a partner to be able to do that, they need a platform to be able to execute on that because you cannot manage that whole thing. Does that resonate with what you're trying to do with, with the iasset.com platform? Well, in, in essence, Nick, you're right. Um, and to Remy's point, trust is a huge issue in the channel and, and being 35 years out of distribution, you had to get everyone to trust you. That's the nature of distribution. Um, so when you go out and do the new deployment, you want to deploy it with a life cycle um, head on you, not a, I'm just closing a big deal. The big deal, the, the guys that are just trying to sell a big deal will not survive over the next, well, not through the crisis certainly, but five to 10 years. You need this life cycle sales approach. So it may not be the 10 or $20 million deal. It might be a million a year or half a million a year, whatever the case may be. But it's the services layer that the resellers, for instance, have always had to wrap around the vendor's product, which is critical. And quite often you see the resellers will cut into that to win that net new deal because the vendors are expecting them to, you know, be uh, their gold, platinum, silver, and they have to make their numbers. So, there is, um, there's always too many players. As a vendor friend of mine once said, if the resellers aren't complaining, you don't have enough of them. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Whether it's good or bad, but it does relate to that point of trust. And Remy, I'm glad Absolutely. you, I'm glad you um, made a point of that because that would be uh, one of the key principles behind, uh, I, I, I would assume, install-based selling. 
uh, trust would be a key principle. Uh, the other key principle from my understanding in reading your, your book is the ability to execute as well, rather than just trust, but the ability to execute. Uh, can you talk to us more about that? Sure. Um, the, the, the book actually is a, is a turnkey methodology to implement uh, install-based selling in your company. And um, it's a book on sales strategy because the essence here is sales. And, um, and, and it starts with a winning aspiration. It's fundamental that, uh, we, and that ties back to what uh, Scott was saying, uh, we, we are not here to, to go after the, 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 the next big deal of, of, of the day or, or the months or the year. It's a fundamental shift of, of the company culture around uh, install-based selling or, or customer success. So, so, so that's the, what I call the, the winning aspiration. Then comes the data, and I mentioned that before, data accuracy is critical, data accuracy, data completeness, and contextual data as well, because not only you need to understand um, the core of the IB data of the customer, but you need also to understand the context of usage of this data. What workloads are working on this unit, what is the criticality of the workloads, etc. And the more you know about the customer, of course, the better. So, so you really need to construct a, 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 data, a data lake that, that is complete, accurate, and very rich. And then comes the orchestration. For me, the orchestration is the cornerstone of, of this end-to-end -end engine because you need to develop a, a customer-centric approach. So irrelevant of the complexity of your business, the many, many product lines you can be driving, you need to really create and assemble a puzzle that is customer-specific. And, and of course, you need to pass this information to sales. So, so you need to create a, a, a sales cockpit, a, a digital uh, sales front end to equip your sellers uh, with the right information on who to engage, when to engage, and, and what to propose. And, and all the, the sellings and marketing materials have to flow through that in a very effective way. And last but not least, as I said, it's a cultural change for the entire company. So it's a cross-functional domain. So you need to really have a, an effective end-to-end -end governance that, that flows across all, 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 all the segments of, of the company. Very powerful, what you just said. Uh, in essence, what you, you're referring to is what you talk about in your thesis or your book as the bread and butter for a sales team to, be, you know, you, that, to quote you, the, the bread and butter of what, what goes on in being able to give your sales team a reason to to exist, a reason to thrive, and Scott, on uh, from your 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 perspective, you talk about it as being able to create an unsolicited proposal to be able mm -hmm. to take to your customer that actually gives them value, and the value is something that they can't do without outside of what they've already bought. All right, in other Absolutely. words, a continuing consultation, a continuing yep. consultation. You both talk the same language. What? are the challenges what are the, the the what sits in front of what to me is obvious and you know just to throw it in there you know my previous business uh thrived on this and and and, and accelerated and was a poster child for all the vendors that we that we represented uh in the world in terms of being able to uh do renewals 
do acceleration strategies, do cross grades, do upgrades, do reference architecture implementation, and also being able to uh, execute on a very critical strategy, which is the retirement of the asset. Yeah. What sits in front of that when it is obvious, critical, and uh, uh, Remy, use, you use the word governance. What sits in front of that governance narrative as well that stops an organization in the channel, whether it be a vendor or whether it be a reseller, from executing what is so obvious? Remy, can I start with you? Sure. Um, as, as we said, it's a sales strategy. So, so you really need to, uh, to demonstrate the fact that by focusing on install-based selling, uh, you, you provide the recipe for sellers to achieve their quota faster. And, um, and, and very few people actually deliver this recipe to their sellers. Uh, we expect sales to be quite autonomous and, and therefore they often go after the big well, you know, um, and, 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 and that's, that's the best way to derail your, your business because that's the, the big well that is supposed to come this month or well, next month or, or next quarter, but, but that's not the, the way you, you, you secure your business. So, so by, by focusing on, on, on protecting the install base and expanding on your install base, you, you, you provide the recipe to maximize your quota achievements. Once you, you convey this message to your sellers, you give them this recipe, you can even create the buildup of, of, of how they will make their quota, suddenly you, you align everybody. And I think that's the best, the best way to, 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 to go through that. Scott, what's your perspective on that? Well, to, to, to get back to your data point, one of the blockers for this is data. Now, the problem is you've got an ERP system, you've got a CRM system, you've got an ITSM system. If you're a vendor, you might have a license management system. And they've all got little, it's like lily pads on a pond. They've all got a little bit of the data, but they're not connected. One of the things that we did successfully previously was we took all the data. We didn't care it was good, bad, ugly, whatever it was, we took it all and stored it all so that you had a complete audit trail, whether the data was accurate or not. And then as you go through your install base management and your product life cycles, you're cleansing as you go rather than lots of people get fixated on, I've got to clear all my data before we load it into a platform such as iasset.com. So the first point is no one should worry about data because the data is always going to be off in some direction. The vendor's got some great data. The distributors have got some great data. The resellers are always a little bit lightweight on data because that's not really their focus. It's about bringing all that together and then cleansing as you go. To the other point Remy made about chasing the whales, I think he's absolutely correct. And the money in the consumption economies that we're in now is how do you manage the minnows? How do you keep grabbing the minnows in the net rather than chasing the whale? And that's where, you know, automation and making sure those data flows uh, are correct inside the system will take a load off the low end part of your business so you can focus the sweet spot, which is typically in somewhere between the whales and the, the minnows, maybe the swordfish or the tuna or whichever size fish you are focused on if that made sense. Well, it does. And uh, listening to you both, I almost want to say, neither of you can say this, but I can because I'm, 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 I'm semi-retired, right? And I can say that it's almost, it's almost uh, I want to use the word irresponsible if you don't. So yes. let's put aside the irresponsibility. Um, 
And I'm going I'm to ask this of both of you. And it's like, given the crisis that we're going through, whatever you want to define the crisis as, is this an opportunity to pivot to install base ceiling? Is this one of those compelling reasons why an, an organ, a channel organization has a reason to pivot? Or am I just, just hoping? Yes, um, to run their, if you take it from a customer standpoint here, for, to run their business, our customers need uh, IT uh, technology, uh, infrastructure and services. Our role as IT vendors is to support them uh, it, it, with this infrastructure. And we have to, to renew, refresh, uh, optimize their platform uh, by uh, focusing on capacity upgrades, uh, storage, etc., improving the the, capa the, the, the velocity of, of the compute power, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is install-based selling management. When you do that proactively, you become part of the company strategy. You you become the trusted advisor. You 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 become an essential part of, of the company itself. When you do that. Uh, when you do that, when when you wait to be called by the customer because he has a problem of capacity or because there is an asset to be retired, you are part of, of the rest of the the, the 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 RFQ. So you you are you are in competition with the rest of the band. So so you lost this this opportunity to be to be the trusted advisor and to be the uh, to be part of the company the customer strategy. So if you think that in the context of the crisis now. Um, the, the only genuine reason to call a customer today is to talk about their install base, to really help them optimize their install base and, and, and discuss, start any discussion from the point of their install base. If you call to, to start with a, a transformational project upfront, you're, you're lost. So yes. you really have to start from, from a genuine interest of the customer situation, which is based on their install base. Uh, I, I That's correct. Scott, what, 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 uh, so point? Nick, from my, from, from my point of view, just from a general business uh, and an entrepreneur, uh, great crises like these and the global financial crisis and the Iraq war one and the dot bomb, they are opportunities for the entire channel to change and to evolve because they are, the situation is almost forced upon them. When they're fat and happy, they don't tend to go and change the way they do their business. But now there's a mitigating reason to get their in-store-based management and their product life cycles sorted and at least under control for when the crisis is over and growth starts again. Uh, so this, you know, I see it and, and the, the prospects and customers that we're talking to are spending a lot of time and effort uh, getting that piece in play now and getting better capture of what's going on, especially for the acceleration once this crisis is over. Yeah, I, 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 I've got to agree. You know, you, you, met, you said uh, when you're fat and happy. You yeah. can be fat and happy, but are you profitable? And this is what I keep coming back to. Were you actually profitable? And from the lens that we had, it being able to see everything, including the profitability of most organizations, uh, when we were running distribution organizations, the answer is no, we know that. 
and it almost is is unbelievable when you can be fat and happy but not profitable. Well, you know that means your strategy's wrong. Yeah, that's so. There's an opportunity to pivot, and I see the crisis uh, from a strategic point of view as a compelling event to be able to pivot and to be able to pivot to providing a customer, the ultimate customer, with value. What can they, you know, what can they, um, what can we give them? What consultation can we give them that they can't do without? Can I ask you that question, both of you? What consultation can we give as channel to the ultimate consumer what they can't do without right now? And either of you can jump in. Well, Nick, if I understand your question, uh, I think from an install base point of view, it'd be to go out and do an analysis of what they've got. The, the biggest problem, and, and some of the manufacturers have, have been trying to fix this forever. The biggest problem they've got is there's no reporting coming back from an end customer. So to Remy's point, you might have multiple distributors, multiple resellers, dealing with one end customer, and they've really got no view of what's in there. So, you know, the first part of that consultative process is go in and find out. And you can't, you know, lots of people try and deploy sniffers and all that sort of thing inside the networks, but with security these days, those firewalls as tight as you can possibly be, so you're gonna miss that. So that would be, you know, my first step with a customer would be to go out and collect some of that data from them. I'd collect data from my upstream suppliers. If I was sitting in distribution, it'd be from the vendor, if I was, and from the reseller. If I was in reseller land, I'd be going to my distributor to do it. And then trying to mash that data together and then make some recommendations. And there are some products out there in the market that can do analysis on whether, you know, this box can run that software and, um, you know, this consultative approach of let's clean house now while the, uh, the chips are down, so to speak, um, and get them in a, a more healthy place rather than I need to sell you more cloud or I need to sell you more boxes or storage or whatever the case may be. So really, what are the challenges that, that I mean, you, you are a leader in a vendor. You've uh, scripted a thesis that makes a hell of a lot of sense. To, to myself and, and many people, uh, what are the challenges? Why, 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 is this, why is this podcast necessary even? Why, why, why isn't this just happening? I think Scott made the point very clear. Uh, the, 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 street, the way the streets and the market works push uh, the people to go after always net, net new business. But, but it's a fake. If you really want to grow and profitably grow your business, you have to first focus on install-based selling. And exactly as Scott said, um, the, the beauty here, it's, um, it's a journey. So, so by, by no means you will achieve the end state overnight. You have to start somewhere with what you have. And, 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 and the goodness here is that the, the rapid is very quick. The, 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 the return is very rapid, sorry. You, you, you start to get the benefit very quickly and, and, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a profitable uh, growth that you can observe and witness very quickly. Mm. First thing you see is that you you, when you operate on install-based selling, you have your sales cycles that are reduced. You, 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 you win faster than on the competition. You generate more margin. And, and, and by doing that, you, you secure your you long-term profitable growth. Uh, 
And that gives you frees up capacity to go and hunt net new logos. I, I like to illustrate this with a, a company I've met, as, and that's an example we, we illustrate in the book as well. It's, it's, a, it's a car, uh, a dealership company uh, called Buy My Car. It's a European uh, dealership, uh, car dealer company. It's one of the top three uh, largest European uh, EMEA uh, dealership company. And, and they very first, very soon focused on install-based selling and, uh, and, and digital end-to-end -end transformation. And I, I could discuss and meet with the, the, the CEO, uh, founder and CEO, uh, uh, Mosca, Jean-Louis Mosca, and, and, and he's very open on his business. And, and he explained how quickly he, he saw an improvement in the, in the, in the sales cycles. He could, up, he could witness a reduction of the visits in the dealership and, and an acceleration in the sales cycles. Second, he, he could also um, observe that we, he was able to, to renew the cars faster than his competition. And he was also able to increase his predictability for his own financial, but also as a signal to the vendors. And by giving this signal to the vendors, he was getting also better, better deals with the vendors. So, so the, the net net is this increase in customer satisfaction and increase in customer loyalty. He could measure that by, by points against his own competitors. And when you have, uh, let's say, 10 points of, of customer loyalty difference to your competition, guess what? It's, it's, a, it's a return that's, that goes much faster and much easier for you than your competition. And it creates a, a, a huge differentiation. And in this market, you win by differentiation. That's what I said at the very beginning. Only the most successful companies are focusing on their install base. The others are, are going after the, the big whale and the big of the world. So if I, if I, in listening to you talk now, Remy, I would almost think that if, I wouldn't be wrong if, your book is called Installed Base uh, Selling to Maximize Revenue. I, would, I wouldn't be wrong based on what you've said if I said uh, you could have called it Installed Base Selling to Retain Customers. <laughs> or or, or it, it could be called Installed Base Selling to Maximize Profit. Or all of, all of that, right? right. Based on what you've just said to me. And all three. All three equations are just mandatory in any channel organization. They're just mandatory. Uh, and Scott, um, would you agree? Oh, absolutely, Nick. I mean, you know, uh, when we built this platform out of the last business, this was all about closing the cycle. So get the net new quote with all of the fries with the burger so that we trapped everything at the first place load that into the renewals uh, cadence, start adding expansion sales, start adding extension sales for reference architectures, and then protect the deal at the end, which is the box has to be upgraded, refreshed, uh, whatever it is. You know, some of the manufacturers have dial home services that tell us to then go and add more storage capacity or whatever it is. You did not move inside our ecosystem when we were using the product, which is why I went to market with it, 
without us knowing what was going on. And our attach rates were, I mean, the Japanese as a country used to get close to us, but our rates were in the 96s for all vendors and 100% attach rate for maintenance for every vendor. And that is the power of the engine. Whereas I knew, in the, especially in the last year of Distribution Central's life, nearly half of my revenue was booked because I knew what my renewal rate was times the revenue that was available to me. So I only had to really worry about 50% of my business. So it's, it's extraordinarily powerful. And, and Remy's absolutely on point with this. 44%. You're right. It was 44%. At the time of, at the time of acquisition, it was 44%, which was tremendous. Mm. Um, but the ecosystem side of it is also very important because it's not just what I'm doing, but being able to bring in several vendors that can work on a platform to be able to produce a reference architecture that gives customers success. Absolutely. All the, all the conversations that I'm having with the ultimate customer, the, the, the consumer of technology, they're looking to get more out of what they bought. On the one hand, Remy, they bought you know, $10,000 worth of an IT solution that they thought they'll get 20,000 for, they only got 10,000 for, so there needs to be a customer success strategy that allows them to do that. And um, your book is a blueprint of that. And on the other side, there is, there is the execution of it, which is what, what the ISA.com platform does. So uh, what, the analysts tell us is there is a $13 trillion opportunity to upgrade the installed base. Now, upgrading the installed base to me also means retiring of what was bought initially in earnest but didn't deliver to be able to deliver what you really want. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is as a seller, to use your, your, the words in your thesis, really, is to be able to take unsolicited proposals to a customer that gives them some form of value that they can't do without. So the strategy is there and the, 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 the platform to be able to execute on that is there. I'm going to ask you both a very rude question. Is our channel equipped to execute on the strategy and using the platform to execute on that strategy to deliver true customer success, which is in a necessity, an outcome of installed base selling. Very rude question and answer it as, as, as controversially as you like. Well, I, I, I mean, I'll take it first, Remy, but uh, from my point of view, just like any competitive situation, there are people that are, uh, in the box seat and are already executing on install based selling and life cycles and there are laggards that are still trying to run it on Excel. I mean, there are tier one resellers trying to run install base on Excel. It's just crazy. It's a financial application, not an install based management tool. So um, th there's no general answer to your uh, rude question, Nick. There's, there's a spread of answers and it just depends on the sophistication of the manufacturer, the distributor, the reseller. And it doesn't matter. It's not only IT. It's across pharma and biocuticals and, you know, all of those different sort of markets. Um, and cars, as Remy pointed out, anything as a service, there are fast movers and there are laggards. And, and there's no single answer for, for your question, from my point of view, anyway. Fair enough. Remy? 
For me, it's a fascinating topic because, as we said, it's a journey, and exactly as Scott said, you 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 will uh, you will see all, all the all all the range of of readiness uh, in, in terms of uh, focus ability to focus on the install base, and 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 to your earlier point, Nick, being proactive, what, what, what you call unsolicited proposal, I call that being very proactive in the, in the sales right. engagement. What is also important is to understand the shift. Um, and, and from my perspective, we, 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 in the IT industry, we, 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 leave a, a major, we leave a major shift, which is the consumption shift. Uh, we are shifting from, a, from a, an asset uh, to, uh, to uh, as a service uh, shift, which is absolutely uh, uh, phenomenal. And, and that yet again represents a tremendous opportunity for the channel partners, for the distributors and for the vendors to really engage with the customer with a different uh, uh, perspective and, and building upon their install base propose this shift to as a service. And, and you don't need to go to an Amazon or, or, or to an Azure. You, you can develop this, this, uh, this shift to a, a consumption shift with, uh, with large vendors like HP and, and certainly maybe others. But that's something you have to drive and you have to drive proactively because yet again, if you are proactive, you are part of the customer strategy, you come as the trusted advisor. If you're late in this game, you, you are solicited in an RFQ and you're competing with the rest of the gang. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this then. Um, if, and, and Remy, you, you say we have to hire towards this, and I agree with you, we have to, we have to hire towards being able to execute on that. That may be uh, also, in my mind, that also may be a training. Uh, uh, initiative as well to be able to rehire because uh, what I'm what, what I'm starting to understand is that we may not be uh, the, the channel may not be getting it wrong it's just early in the process it's early in the process of being able to do this so if that's true then vendors need to be really pushing customer success strategies installed by selling strategies um and everything and every other concept i mean the idea of the the install based profit wedge is should be 101 it should be sales 101 from now on to anyone who who gets hired it's almost like the most important interview question you know when you're hiring a seller uh, uh, do you agree we're early in the process or do you think that we're we're, we're not educating well so I, I think the field of opportunity is huge because you have so many companies that are not able to take advantage of their install base today that they, they realize, they start to realize the potential and they start this journey. So, so the sooner you take advantage of that, the, 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 the faster you, you, you develop the right infrastructure, the, the better. And, and um, if you think about that in the, in the context of a channel, uh, business, which is the, 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 the essence of the IT business, you need to really uh, equip all the key players in this transformation. So, so that's why a platform like uh, I, I said is so critical because not only the vendor needs to, to understand the concept and, and, and develop a, an engine, but the distributor needs to be part of this journey and, and mm -hmm. the resellers as well. So it's critical that everybody can operate on this platform and that we can create a community on install base that share the same understanding and, and develop the, the, same, the same concepts. 
And that's why I am so excited, and I think that a platform like iAssets can be a terrific addition to the to the to the market. So uh, uh, to turn it back over to you, Scott, I'm sure you can only agree with that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, but, but from a practical point of view, you know, in terms of being able to give some value to the audience, um, you do have um, some incredible uh, customers that are you know, at the distribution level, at the vendor level, and, and even at the partner level who are thriving right now because of this. They're thriving, and 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 I see the statistics, and you know it doesn't surprise me. And if we share those statistics with Remy, we would probably couldn't. But if we share those statistics, Remy would not be surprised. Um, but at the same time, uh, there's resistance. There's resistance to a proven strategy, and my understanding in being involved with IT now at a deep, deep, deep level for 30 years is because it's all been too easy up until now. It's all been too easy because IT is the answer to every problem in the world uh, at an enterprise level and everyone has a budget associated to it. And then suddenly, bang, um, the channel is in trouble. And well, I think, I think Nick, to, to that point, if you just assume for a moment that historically, if they're reasonably smart operators at a reseller or a distributor level, there was an action to take once every 12 months. And let's just imagine for a moment that they might have a calendar system or some other system that could at least remind them that some action needed to be taken, which was to go chase the maintenance. They need to do that every month now. This is not an annual process. So automation in their business, which means investing in their business, which is also something that the general reseller community haven't done. They need to invest in their business and get their business ready for uh, this kind of cadence of uh, renewals, expansion, extension, you know, invest across the board. That has been the struggle. Now, the resistance is typically the reseller base, smaller resellers haven't had the profitability to your point to invest into their business um, a lot of the distribution and manufacturers have massive IT teams that think they can build it themselves but they don't build ERP or CRM systems themselves but they can think they can take it on uh, in their own way so I think really the resistance is lack of investment at the channels level and then lack of um, understanding of the channel and, and I don't be critical of Remy because he's in vendor land but you know, most manufacturers go to market and say, right, we're going to give the channel a portal. They're all going to get a portal. So the reseller, poor old reseller rep has to log into 30 portals to get his job done for one customer. And now that potentially is going to happen monthly because they're going to report to the manufacturer. They've got to get a quote out the door, et cetera, et cetera. There's no focus inwards on how do I do my job or this operational component better and faster and the level of trust you need to trust each party in this process. So the reseller's got to have their little bit of the ground, the distributor's got to have their little bit of the ground, and the manufacturer's got to have their little bit of the ground and share that data between them, not try and, you know, I've seen failure upon failure where someone wants to take control of everything and then they're the boss. That just doesn't work like that. So I think if, if people are listening to this, it's all about investing in the business to operationally make the in-store based selling profit li product life cycles uh, completely 
uh, operationally efficient inside their business, and then they can get on with the better stuff, negotiating better discounts with HP or bringing on new customers, whatever the case may be. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And you, you have built a platform based on two critical aspects, which is uh, invest and protect. And in Remy's book, he, he talks about expand and protect, and they're both aligned. So there's the theory and there's a practice. That might be the Australian French thing. <laughs> Could, be. Could be, you know, and you know, again, I, I, I do want everyone to know that prior to this, you, you guys didn't really meet, you didn't know each other. Um, I do want to wrap it up and we could talk, talk forever. And, um, and I think, you know, it would be prudent of us to revisit you know, in, in, in a couple of months, you know, to talk about what's happened since now in terms of your own experience. So we'll invite you both to do that. But for now, Remy, I do uh, want, you know, everyone who's listening to this, know, how can they get a hold of your book? Where will they find it? Um, and uh, once they do, what, because it's quite, quite substantial, the, the information in your book is quite substantial and, and, and with your co-author is quite substantial. Once they get hold of it, how do they get hold of it and what should they focus on first? So, so the book is uh, available on Amazon.com, so uh, and all the, the key uh, key platforms. Can you hold so, it it's, up? Can you hold it up one second for us, please, so people can see that it's. Um, you you can find it uh, Amazon.com, and, and I'm sure you can put a link also on the on we the will. video. We will put it in the, in the notes. Um, I, I said it, it's a, it's a turnkey uh, um, methodology to implement install-based selling in, in your own business, and. and no matter what type of business you have, it really gives you the, the key to, to implement that effectively. As we said, it's a sales strategy and it's a cultural shift for the company. So, so it's very important to culturally think about uh, how to develop a customer-centric, a customer success strategy in the company, focusing on, on what we have done already with those customers and, and developing an install-based selling. So it's a very practical uh, process as we said, uh, the, we start to reap the benefit very early in the transformational journey. So it's a, it's a, it's a real pleasure to, to implement and, and to do. So everybody should go after that and do it now. If you were, if you were uh, a, a, a relatively successful person in the channel and you suffer like what many of us do. I mean, I have, I have, I mean, I'm dyslexic. I have a Tourette's and I'm ADHD. I only have five minutes. Which chapter should I be looking at? You should look at the sales strategy chapter. You know, in the in the big scheme of things, you only have three sales motions: uh, selling to your install base to protect it, renew, refresh. Selling to your ex install base to expand it, to sell across the portfolio, and hunting net new customers. As soon as you realize that those are the three and only three sales motions, you, you start to realize that you need to structure your sales engagement along those three sales motions. So for me, the, the first and most important topic in the book is the sales strategy. And you know, being a sales leader, sales leader in a major, you know, IT enterprise, <laughs> I think that's incredible free advice, and and, and, and I thank you for it, uh, Scott. At the practical level, if someone wanted to know more about how to execute on that, um, and you know, I asset right now is the platform. It's the, yep. the stuff 
comes close to it at the moment, um, where would you start if you wanted to like engage in an execution strategy? What what would I do if I was a child? Well, so I, I would absolutely uh, hit us up on the platform uh, and get one of our technical account managers to take you through, depending on what level of the channel you are, the motions that the engine will drive for you and the efficiencies it'll drive for you. Uh, you know, fundamentally, um, uh, the sales level is where Remy sits. I'm more practical. I'm, I'm fundamentally a lazy man. And if I can get an IT system to do the work for me, that's what I want to do because I'd rather get on with the sales motions or the more exciting parts of, uh, of any business. So I would get them to, there's plenty of blogs and uh, vlogs out there that we've published if they want to dip their toe in the water um, on areas they need to consider as a business. But the easiest way is to engage with us and, and we'll show them the way and show them what we've done for other resellers and service providers and distributors and, and manufacturers around the planet. Yeah, I, I, I think that now is the time. Now is a pivotal time. We will put uh, contact details in. So Remy, if you don't mind, uh, we will put your contact details in as well as Scott, your own. I mean, if I was sure. listening to this, I would, I would want to contact you both direct. If anyone wants to talk to me as well, nick at verigios.org, I've got plenty to talk about. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to uh, uh, revisit this with some additional customer references and some, some additional uh, experiences from, from the vendor's point of view. Remy, you're championing uh, something that I believe, uh, which is why I've come in contact with you, which I believe is the key strategy for any channel organization right now. If they're doing anything other than this, they will end up uh, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a difficult situation and my proof of that is if you didn't create a substantial business in the last 20 years when everything was booming <laughs> well you know you need to be the change agent now to actually execute on that so uh, with that if there are any final words that any of you want to uh, share before we close off please uh, I, I, I offer it to both of you uh, Remy so sure, as we said, um, the, the more proactive you are in this business, the, the more aligned you will be to the, to the customer strategy and, and, and be the trusted advisor. So my, my only advice here today is, is be proactive, be engaged with your customers, help them develop their install base, and you will be seen as the, the trusted advisor. And um, I will add a link to the video for the book, but also we are creating a community on install-based selling of various industries. So you're also very welcome to join this community. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's really critical. That's, thank you for mentioning that because that's very important to be able to be part of that. And Scott? Uh, for me, as I mentioned before, the change has been thrust upon everyone. Now is the time to embrace that. You know, you need to get the business aligned for when we come out of this COVID experience. And uh, whilst perhaps there's not a lot of activity on the net new customers, you can focus down on your in-store base, collect the data from all of the different points that you can and start running your in-store base selling and lifecycle practices today rather than waiting to see what happens. Very good. All right, thank you again, guys. Thanks, thanks for indulging me in this conversation. It's very important in terms of the work that I'm doing at the moment while I'm a student of the industry rather than an entrepreneur. Um, uh, we will be back, I'm sure, to talk about this more. Uh, the words of wisdom that, are, that we've received from both of you uh, are invaluable. 
Uh, thanks for sharing with everyone in the community. Thank you. Thanks for setting it up, Mick. Be safe. Mm -hmm.